What do you do after you go from being hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to now becoming a multimillionaire? Well, you do what our guests on this episode today did. You give back. You take the knowledge, the expertise, the ministry you've developed, you put it out into the world because there are hundreds, even thousands of people who need what you have. And so this episode, you're going to learn some financial tips. But more than that, I want you to be inspired that your journey, you need to take it, move it out into the world. Let's go. Welcome to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. And you get a chance to interact with them. To me, that's full-time ministry. And did I have to, because that needs to be it brings in itself and then opens. I want to provide content and things that are going to help change lives. And I simultaneously want to, to receive a blessing from that. Now here's your host, Kamon Hunt. Welcome back to another episode of the Monetize Your Ministry podcast. Listen, we, we desire here on this podcast to help you discover that you have a ministry, a unique ministry, way that you serve others best. Our other focus here is to help you develop it, figure out how do I package this in a way to help others and to put it out there into the world. And then lastly, we want to help you deploy it, put it out there into the world. So that's what this podcast is all about. And we share stories, we share people's experiences, we share our expertise to help you to take what you're learning here and get your ministry into the marketplace. I'm Kimon Hines. If you have not seen any episode or heard any episode before, my goal here is to help you take your ministry and bring it out into the world. So, so before we get further into this episode, I want to remind you, make sure you share this. So you're watching this on some social media platform, share it. Just click the share button. And if you're listening to the episode, do us a favor, leave us a rating and a review on the podcasting platform that you're listening to this on. And also on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. All right, today's guest, listen, a few years ago, a friend of mine told me, you have to meet this guy. This guy is helping me to understand money and to get ahead with my money. And my friend was not, he wasn't lying. Like this guy has been a major part of helping myself and so many others to win with money. And he sent me a text a while back that is actually one of the reasons we have this podcast. He said, this is my ministry. What I'm doing here, helping people with their money. This is church. And so I want to just introduce to some and present to others my guy, financial coach, Joseph Nwange. Joseph, welcome to the podcast, my friend. What's going on, man? I'm I'm excited and ecstatic to be, man, on this amazing podcast. But good to see you, brother. Yes, sir. Listen, sir. And, and I want to just refer to that text, man. It was a Saturday night. I remember I was wrestling with this whole monetize your ministry as my focus. And I was thinking people are going to feel excluded if they're not pastors. And, um, you know, as we will get into your introduction, you're not a pastor, but no. you said, man, the work I'm doing here with the business work, this is church for me. And I said, why are you saying this? And you said, because I feel like this is the call that God has put on my life. And so I want to thank you because of that text. It kind of God used that to affirm in me that this is the way I was supposed to go. So thank you. Praise God, man. Praise God. So Joseph. Uh, Abuga Nwangi. I got to say your whole name because it's such yeah, a yeah, powerful yeah, name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell people who is Joseph Nwangi. Yeah, I uh, am a husband of one wife, um, a father of three beautiful children, um, 
that's a big part of who I am, but I am also the founder of the Mwangi Foundation um, and the founder slash creator of Nimwange Investments in our marquee program, Financial Legacy Academy, which is really designed to help people that look like you and me build a financial legacy they can be proud of. And, um, you know, that is kind of really who I am uh, in a nutshell. Um, yeah. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. Now, some people know Joe. Um, if you're on my platform, Joe and I have done things together. And maybe some people, this is your first time learning, uh, meeting Joe in Wangi. Joseph, for those who know you and don't know you, what's something people would be surprised to learn about you? I mean, here's, this is an interesting fact. Uh, two things. One is, man, when I was younger, I had a stuttering problem. Like, I couldn't speak. I was scared. I was nervous. But I also, you know, kind of had a, uh, I was somewhat sick. Um but it's funny that the line of work that I do today, I am constantly communicating. And I think that's one interesting fact to say that, look, no matter where you started, man, like God could still do extraordinary things in you. And so we'll get into more detail of my story, I hope, in this podcast. But uh, for the most part, I think that is the most interesting fact, that my start does not look anything like kind of where God has led me to. You know, it's interesting you say that. You say that with communication. But as we're going to like eventually look at it's the same thing with your financial situation, right? You're not born or didn't start this race of uh, financial empowerment from the position of, hey, I got a million dollars. Let me tell you how to get where I am. But I didn't really like get this. So I think that's such a good way to title this, right? Where you start isn't where God's going to lead you. So, Joe, um, of all the things, um, let, let's, let, me, let me start here. Because again, this is there's people from different um, religious affiliations and whatever, and, and different religious work um, experience. But I like this part of this your story. As a young man, you were heavily involved in your local congregation. Kind of talk to me about what even made you so like passionate about serving God and then serving your local congregation. Yeah, look, I, you know, I was born and raised in the church. Um, I think what turned for me at a very young age was actually my uncle. I spent the summer with him and he made Christianity fun. Like that was the first time in my life where like, oh, snap, like you could be a Christian and not be bored. Right. Because we, we did games, we played, like he made worship experience like good. It wasn't a mundane task. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, I can do this. And I think at a young age, I started buying in and then I started reading. So I got baptized when I was 13, not because somebody told me to, man. It's because I just started. I really like, oh, this is where I wanted to be. And the very first time I was asked uh, after, you know, camp at, you know, a Pathfinder camp we did, they asked me, like, hey, Joseph, would you be interested in preaching? Now, mind you, Kimon, I've never even prayed in church, like not even like children's story prayer. I ended up doing none of that. Uh, but somebody saw something in me to say, hey, yo, this kid has some energy. Let's give him a shot. And I remember I wanted like every part of me said no. But then the word, the only thing I didn't like get the, the memo was my mouth. And my mouth said yes. And like when I saw me up there, I was like, wait, this is it's a gift. Like, like God 
has blessed me with a gift. And so I just started getting plugged in. And I started reading. I'm looking at Jesus in scriptures when he was 12 in the temple. I started watching elders. I, I want to be like God when he was young, man. I just want to like be consumed mm-hmm. from spirituality. And I, and, I, and I wasn't, and this, it was such a perfect time because people were like, people would ask me even in school, like, yo, man, who's forcing you to do this? And I was like, yo, nobody's forcing me. Like, I, I appreciate like Christianity at a young age, like it just became natural to me. And I think I had a good group of guys where they never made me feel like I didn't belong. They was like, nah, Joe's, he's cool though. Like he's Christian, he's cool though. And I think that was just something at a young age I just fell in love with and I just grew up in the mix of everything. I love that, Joe. Just just hearing that that uncle really, man, just changed the trajectory yeah. of your life by showing you um, religion, spirituality from a fun aspect, one that you could relate to. So, you know, just because we're going to get to the financial legacy part, but I think this is important. You were not like some people who are just a member and I'm just here. You were volunteering, you were leading, you were serving. Uh, just talk about what did that develop in you that you even saw um, benefits of in your work life? Like how did your involvement in min- in that church ministry helped the stuff you were doing just in life? Oh man, look, church was the platform for me, Kimon, like mm-hmm. in terms of building confidence. Like when I, when I was publicly speaking, it was in the church. When I wanted to be a leader, it was in the church. And then it started trickling in sports. Like I would play high school sports and the same way I led youth groups, the same way I led my team, whether we were good, whether we weren't good, there was just some life skills that I was picking up. And as I started to increase um, the time and capacity I had in church, I started getting more responsibilities. So like, yo, this this 16-year-old kid, man, like he's not just here, but he's leading. And then they Mm -hmm. made me, you know, I became the youngest elder in my church. I was 17 years old when I became an elder. It was like, yo, this kid. And when I was an elder, I started taking younger people to do visitations with me. And they were just like, they. I think the church saw something in me for a while that I didn't necessarily see myself. But at that time, it was like, wow, like, like, like this kid's on fire. And I, and it was fortunate that I had a skill set um, that translated well in church arenas and with young people. I was inspirational. I was a leader. People wanted to follow. Uh, and there were certain principles, man, that I kept that even made me that much more attractive. Right. So just right. even my thoughts on like, abstinence uh those things played a role where it was like oh snap <laughs> sorry those things played a role. It was like oh snap this like he, he like it's possible like you know what i'm saying like, yeah, yeah. like this, this could happen and i think those things um really just honestly instilled a confidence in me that just showed up uh at at, at school it showed up at in sports world and it showed up even when i had to college man just operating in excellence and just being your best um, I, I owe so much, man, to um, my church upbringing and at least the way, at least in terms of how I approach life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Joseph, as you say that, it's it's a, a theme that I want to just people, let people hear on this podcast. And if you're watching this podcast, you're you're here now. Just uh, make sure you share this. All right. So you found some of your giftings through the church. Someone calls it out. Hey. Can you speak? This is something you weren't even thinking about. Correct. And then 
the church gives you opportunities to develop that. Mm-hmm. And the development of that has now opened doors for you in college. It opens doors for you at your job. It's just open doors for you. And I think that's just a wonderful way for us to understand that the role of the church is not just our spiritual development, but it's also our vocational and skill set development. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, it's funny you, you bring it up, Kimo. Like, I got into the career of even professional selling because of the confidence that I had in church. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, everything I do, whether it's coaching people, helping build people, helping people transform, it was rooted because of what the church does. And when the church is clicking, like, like to you, I love how you said that it's not just for spirit. You know, a lot of times we over spiritualize these things, man. When the, when the church is humming, people are winning economically. People are winning from, um, from a family perspective, uh, from a community perspective, people are getting better. People are getting healthier. Like people are winning. Like, 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 like that's when you think of what the way God originally designed the church, that was what it was supposed to be. It wasn't just a place for pray and fasting like that. Like that wasn't the sole function of the church. Um, and this is why I'm so I'm so even glad to be on this platform because the work that you're doing it just I see church all over it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So I, I'm glad you mentioned your role, your like career has been in sales, right? So just tell people like what's the technical name because I don't want to mess it up. Like what do you what would you say? My we call it enterprise for me now, enterprise account executive. It's just a fancy word for yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, B2B seller. Okay, awesome. So, and you've worked for different companies. So someone would think based on what we're talking about, man, Joe, you you went to school for like um, economic economics or whatever, right? Like trading. So how did you even get into this whole finance, finance as something you were interested in? And I want you to really, this is kind of going back to that theme you talked about where you start is not where you end. What even got you interested in that? You know, it's funny, like, if you would have saw me in my 20s, you would have no clue that I had anything about finance. Like, there was no passion for it. I wasn't excited about it. Matter of fact, Kimon, um, I was horrible with num- with money. Like, uh, if you, to give people context, I found a way to get in, while I was living a good life as a Christian, I wasn't in these streets. I wasn't drinking liquor. I wasn't doing a lot of these things. I, I found myself literally $100,000 in debt. I was struggling. And so a lot of the things that I wanted to do as a Christian, i.e. make impact, i.e. Uh, 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 go back to our community to do things, I always, we, it was always blocked by, we ain't got no money. Like we ain't have no money. And so now it's like, look, I can't do what I love because I'm struggling financially. It's not just me. Collectively as a church, we're struggling financially. I've been going to church hearing these testimonies about how good God is. On the flip side, I'm, I'm seeing how like we are, we, are, we are struggling to pay bills. And what was bothering me was when I go to work in corporate America, these guys ain't worshiping God. At least not like they're not walking around with, you know, spiritual... Mm-hmm. How they're not singing the praises of the Lord, but they got money. Right, right. They had resources, and so I started asking myself, "Yo, why am I struggling like this?" I think the turning point for me, though, was um, 
just dealing with issues at the job where I was miserable, while I was working for people that I was uninspired by or where I was getting, um, in my opinion, uh, wrongfully uh, uh, attacked or, 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 or being just, I've even dealt with someone who was micromanaging you and it just puts you in an uncomfortable position. Mm. Like, yo, Kimo, God had to honestly get me to a place where I was so uncomfortable that whatever I was doing wasn't gonna work. That, that, that's mm-hmm. honestly what happened. And I realized the biggest blocker on why I couldn't do anything was because how I was being a steward with God's money. I had no economics. I was broke. I had no margin to make a difference. So much so that not only was I not able to make impact, it was messing with my personal health, mm-hmm. like stress-wise. And so I knew I needed a change. I think what was what was problematic though is I couldn't find anything in the church. Like I, like I couldn't, mm-hmm. like there was nothing that that gave me enough value to say, all right, here's how you build wealth. The church was good at like, man, you got to keep sowing, like keep giving for faith, but it had nothing for us. And then I'm like, all right, you take into the account of, of no money. Well, what's out there that that's going to help and to take into account the systemic challenges that we deal with as black people? It's hard, man. My my parents are professors. I am. uh, They they teach. My dad is an economics professor. My mother's a geography professor. And I've learned about my history, but I'm sitting there like, yo, there's nothing that takes into account the black systemic struggle. And so now it's like I remember praying about this. Like, God, how do I fix this? Like, 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 this can't be it. And my life turned into my ministry. Wow. So I'm gonna let that sit for a little bit. Somebody type that in the comments. My life became my ministry. My life became my ministry. So a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt. I remember someone asking, uh, I think it's MC Hammer, like, what was the thing you bought that you're like, man, that's what made me go broke? What was the thing that you bought, man, that made you say, This got me into a hundred, this put me over this, man. Yeah, like, this is know- this the thing. So here's this crazy thing, Kimono. It wasn't necessarily one event that did it. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of events that happened. But there were a couple of staggers. Like, I remember I bought my Camaro. Uh, it was a $35,000 car, but I had 26% interest on it, right? And so you have that. I think a lot of the things I was doing, man, as a single at the time, man, I was mm-hmm. trying I was trying to date. I was trying yeah. to please people. I was trying to show people that I'm rich, even though I'm Mm. broke. And what people don't realize from a financial perspective, a lot of the financial issues we have is really tied to our subconscious. Like we allow our subconscious to make decisions for us. And a lot of people's subconscious, whether they like it or not, is is has been impacted or impeded with marketing. There's trauma. And what I what I it's now that I'm realizing that I was battling with insecurities like the, the being accepted. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I want. I wanted people to think I was something. And I didn't care about money. So my money was flowing where my subconscious was. And that's kind of how it was. So like, in terms of putting on the date, I mean, what put me over the, the ledge, I would say it was going out in cars. Like, those are the two oh, things that literally, and, and then travel. I would say travel. Those are the three things that I think kind of threw me over over the top. But the I, I would say this before I kind of wrap this answer, is the biggest killer was... I was able to get a lot of credit because I had good income. I was getting a lot of credit, but there was 
with with promos that had the 14 to 28 yeah. months. And then all of it got called in on me when it was yeah. up. And I think that's why I found myself paying $2,000 plus in interest only every single month. Listen, somebody, you know, you, you know, you can relate to Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe's telling a story from his past. This might sound like you're present. And so, Joe, we, we, I want to, we're going to talk about financial legacy, but what did you use? Like what helped you to get back on the road? Cause I think understanding some of the tools you use and then how you use them and turn them into what you have, I think it's going to help someone in what they need to build. So talk to us about the road to recovery and the road to not just recovery, but abundance. Talk to us about that. Yeah. I think first off, you have to acknowledge where you are. I mean, look, I, and knowing this today as someone who coaches many people, man, I think the hardest part for people is acknowledging like, yo, I'm in a, I'm in a bad spot and I need help. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are in a neglect phase. So that was number one. Uh, number two, man, it was the community that I was around with. Like, I'm telling you right now, like, when you start praying to God, all right, and you acknowledge and you bring to the Lord your problems, God will start connecting people with you who are going to help you. And for me, my community, people like Troy Levy, who who was he was focused on winning. And I was just like, bro, I, I like I, I need fixing. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then people started coming into my life that was they may not have arrived, but they were feeling the same burdens that I had and they wanted to make change. Right. And so I had to make a shift. And the people are around. And then lastly, Kimo, and there's no way around this. I wish I, man, I just had to put the work. Like, you got to do the work. Yeah, like, yeah. a lot of this stuff in life is practical. And we are by design naturally trying to always find shortcuts. It's just who we are. There was no shortcuts getting out of this. Like, there was no shortcuts. And so I had to, I had to read. I had to build information. I had to learn. And a lot of these things aren't as better now, but it was not as accessible to us. Um, in terms of getting the the points. I, I didn't want to just follow anybody. Like, I needed content that made me look at wealth differently, that brought impact and pointed me to God. Like, I, I was a, I'm a Christian being first. And so, man, God had to put people around me. And I think what's critical, man, for people, especially folks who are, who are tuning into this, if you still rolling with cats or rolling with guys, who are not about recovery or at least um, the road to recovery, then you need a new set of guys. And if you don't have a coach or a leader or someone that can give you the tools, one and two, keep you accountable, you can't, you're not going to win this thing. Yeah. You're not going to win this thing. Yeah. It, it, it is. It sounds like, listen, in order for me to get where I need to go, I may need to separate for a while and connect with people who are headed in the direction I'm trying to go. Otherwise, man, like we're, we're going to keep pulling each other down. We're going to keep pulling yeah. each other down. So, Joe, you you got got knowledge, started putting in the work, putting in the work. Talk to us about like what started happening with like your finances. Was there a moment you said, boom, boom, I'm out of debt? Like, like what's, what's this road to recovery looking like yeah. in, in practice for you? And give us even timelines. Like, because... I mean, a lot of us want to go to bed tonight, $100,000 and wake up, you know, yeah. like millionaire status. So talk to us about timelines. Yeah. So look, there's, I can tell you right now, um, a couple, there was a lot of moving factors and one of them is God's grace and mercy. All right. 
Uh, the first thing was timing for me. Right around when I started waking up, I started dating my now wife. And I can't stress how important it is picking the right partner like when you're doing this. Um, and even if you're married, just being in alignment with somebody outside of yourself, like like that that person who you could dream with, that was number one. When me and my wife started, like at the time we were dating, man, we had to open up the playbook on what our dreams were in life. Mm. So once my dreams were much bigger than my circumstance, then I started realizing, okay, I'm in God's territory. And I, mm -hmm. I say this, Kimon, because that's so critical. A lot of our money problems here. It's not behavior all the time. It's it's mm -hmm. what our it's it's the mindset, and the mindset yeah. has to direct behavior. And so, this goes back to I want to say 2013 ish, 2014, when me and my wife started dating, and we started putting a plan in place, and we actually made that part of our premarital counseling. So we were like, "Yo, we want to make sure that we win on money. Like we don't, we're not gonna lose." Right. And so we did that. The other part, man, which made it easier for me, is while I was trying to fix, while I was trying to fix. My, 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 my financial situation, I had to also focus on my income. You can't just focus solely on, on just your financial situation. You got to think about the, the income side. And I think for me, I realized I had to beef up my income. And let me tell you something, Kimon. And I don't even think I shared this story publicly. Yo, God started working on my income. Like, mm. real talk. Like, let me give you an example. I was being underpaid where I was working at. Watch mm. this. My girlfriend told me, you're being underpaid. Stop settling yourself short. And I'm like, well, babe, I'm making, at least compared to other black peers, I'm making good money. She said, you're selling yourself short. You need to figure out an exit strategy. And I'm, I'm dude, I'm scratching my head like, like what in the world? And I kid you not, man. I remember praying to God, saying, Lord, I need to be properly paid. I need to be properly paid. Help me be properly paid. Um, this The same summer, watch this, Kimon, the same summer I went to Jordan, I visited where Jesus was baptized. I visited where Jacob wrestled the Lord. I went on this spiritual journey, and I remember saying to God, literally, I kid you not, Lord, I want to get my income. And I said, I'm going to challenge you, God. I want to double my income, just like that. I come home, watch this, man, watch this. I come home and I get an email or, or a LinkedIn message from a recruiter saying, hey, Joseph, we've been watching you for a while and we are interested in employing you. I asked one question, how much are you paying? Do you know that the number she gave me was exactly double the income I was making? Come on, man, come on. Come Bro, on, I'm man. telling That's you, man, when you, when you start, this is what I'm saying, Dating the right person is so critical. It was so, it was so fast. I remember I went to the Lord. I said, God, there's no way in the world you could do that. I'm going to increase on what double what, Lord. Even give me triple. Mm. I'm, I'm not making the story up. A week later, I get a message from another global uh, Fortune 100 company saying, hey, Joseph, we've been watching you. I went in for the interview and I said, hey, look, I'm already interviewing with somebody else. What income can you provide? They said, what are you looking for? I gave them a number that was not double, but triple. And they said, we can honor that. Yo, God started opening doors on the income side of the house. 
So when I saw that, I was like, Lord, I, I, I know I got to Like, look, you working. And so long story short, we got into a position that was paying me. Now, here's the crazy thing, Kimon. It wasn't what they were paying me wasn't more than what other people like me get. It's because I was settling myself short for so long. Yeah. So that, like, that was the key. And so when I started fixing the income piece, we put a plan in place. We had to get rid of things that were stealing money away from us. I had to change my mindset on poverty, change my mindset on consumption. And so we got eliminated. We eliminated debt. So in over a two year period, we eliminated $100,000 in debt. But, but here's the crazy thing. And this is why I say the work, you know, I had to make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. When I tripled my income, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't move to the Manhattan. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, I spoke to my parents. I said, Mom, I got to fix some things. Do you mind if I just take one of your apartments and pay minimal? My mother said, I would be glad to help you. And so I, I ate crap for years. Dating my now wife increased my income and I went to work. Once I eliminated debt, we started learning about ownership. We started making bets. Me and my wife started doing real estate. We started investing in stocks and we made bets we learned the system. We made bets that, that literally tripled our money over time. And so we got out of mm. debt. And man, as I'm, I'm as I'm even sharing this, Kimon, it's 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 tough now. I feel it because I remember what I was going through man, at that time. And I remember when we got out of debt and we started investing. I met with one of my buddies, who by the way is not even a Christian. And I told him, I said, man, in the next 12 years, I'm gonna be a millionaire. I was waiting him for Kimon. I was waiting for him to jump and say, "Yo, well, what a goal!" He said, "That's it." That's what he told me. He said, "That's it." Doesn't believe in God, Kimon. He said, "You could do that just being you." He said, "What goal do you feel uncomfortable with, Kimon?" Somebody had more faith in my ability than I. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. At that point, I was like, "Lord, man, we going." You realize I became a millionaire in two and a half years after that. We we are now multimillionaires. With with pro- everything I've done, Kimon is 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 not because I had a fast start. It's because I knew the information. And I changed the group and I started believing in God. Man, yeah. I never had real faith because my Woo. faith I, I, I was never required to because I what I I, I I was comfortable with what I was surrounded with middle class. God wanted me to be more abundant, and so I'm like, wow. Now I look at churches. I'm like, wow. You know, we we not even touching ministry now. So. All of this buildup, Kimon, literally was the timeline that walked me through. But we got out of debt. We changed our mindset. But we knew that just getting out of debt wasn't enough. We had to build. We had to become intelligent owners. And when we became intelligent owners, we started growing. And look, even now, me and my wife, multimillionaires, we live in our dream home. God is still doing wonders. And we haven't even touched the surface. But because of the decisions I made financially, I'm now able to do more impact. And this is why I told you, Kimon, it felt like church. I'm able to do more impact because of the ministry that God has blessed me with, which is helping people win to experience what I experienced. Yeah, yeah. And that's that, that, that's my story, man. And I'll stand on that. Man, listen, listen. I, by the way, I've never heard that part of the story, man. You so listen, when you listen to the monetize your ministry podcast, you get stuff from people that they don't share elsewhere. That's why you need to subscribe to this podcast, and that's why you need to share it. 
Our guest is Joseph Nwange, the founder of Nwange Foundation, now Nwange Investments, and the principal leader of Financial Legacy Academy. So, Joe, you say, listen, I was in debt. I learned. I put a plan in place. And it seems like, right, that God honored your now level of, like, diligence Mm -hmm. by just putting blessings on you that he knew if I had given that raise to you when you were driving that Camaro and man, you might've squandered that as well. So I just feel like that's a lesson for people. And, and we may not have time to dig into that, but I want to also give a quick shout out to Sasha because your wife told you, man, like you, you were, you're worth more. And, and sometimes we need someone else to tell us, Hey, you're, you're not leaning into your full value. Yeah. hundred uh, yeah. percent. I would do before her, I was broke. Uh, you can say what you want. The numbers don't lie, man. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Rocking with her, our finances have grown. So yeah, she definitely deserves uh, a lot of praise, if not all. Yeah. So you are, you guys have come off the road of recovery. You're starting to live. You've hit millionaire status. What makes you even think about, man, let me start helping other people with finances, right? Like, why? Because, listen, you could have lived this millionaire stuff and not bother with the, the, the folks like us, man. Like, what makes you even say, let me reach back? Man, so a couple of things. I think number one is it goes back to where it all started. When, you, when you're in church and the goal is about ministering and witnessing to people, I think by default, you start thinking about others, number one. Number two, my parents. To give you some context, like, I'm, I'm just two generations removed from... Grandparents who were colonized by the British, who didn't have shoes on their feet a lot of times. Like, like I, I'm not like what like to think whatever I was experiencing was broke is nothing compared to what my, my grandparents had to go through. What my dad did when he came to this country, when he came here, he didn't come here just to help himself. My dad was bringing people from Africa almost every other year. Dude, I was getting so many different roommates my entire life. So there was this natural desire to go back and make impact. Now I would say this, as I was building personal wealth in my mind, I was thinking more about how can I now give more back to young kids, scholarships and all this other funny stuff, um, or just other things to help the community. But I wasn't thinking about the economics. I think what changed my paradigm shift was two things. One is when I was offering scholarships to kids, one of the requirements I had to put is there their personal, their household income. Dude, 80% of my scholars are making less than $30,000 a year. I don't care what kind of money. Look, as someone who, if you're making under $30,000 a year, it's very difficult. I had a student in particular who had to work full-time because their mother was was shot out on drugs. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, that Lord, if we're going to make impact, we got to fix the economics. On top of that, I think the, the, the umbrella above it all was just the social justice implications. I'm tired of people talking about like, you know, hashtag, you know, um, you know, whatever on police brutality and like all that. I want to do something, man. And so the frustration of watching our people struggle hurt me. And what I've learned is the only way we can get real liberation in this country as an African-American or people of color is when we get economic liberation. So there was social justice implications tied to this. And I realized we need to do something to change this next trajectory because the way we are going and trending right now, by 2053, human uh, African-American culture will have a zero net worth. 
that that's not sustainable. Mm. We got one shot at this, come on. Yeah, yeah. We went yeah. back into slavery. And I think these are the things that build up. And I think the last thing I would say, thank you, Lord, for this, is while I was experiencing all this, God started put, putting people in my in my in my circle. Man, I, and I even communicated to him. I said, yo, look, I got this desire, man. Like, I want to help people financially. Mm-hmm. And he linked me up with with, with your work. And I, I hired you as a coach. And I remember, keep yeah. on, I was like, look, God has blessed me with some skill sets. What I touch, I multiply. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to see my people lose. Yeah. But I, should I, should I wait until 10 years from now? And then there was that fierce urgency in now. And I remember yeah. you, you, we worked together for six months and you really helped me put together my messaging and package something that can liberate. So now I have my whole story in a course. Yeah. Like That's literally. Good. And I'm, I'm, it's all, it's funny. Nobody knew me for money, Kimon. Now people only know me because of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny, man. That it's like, and and that's a good point for people, right? Like you're thinking about starting a business, and you think, well, nobody knows me for this thing. Well, let's put the word yet after that, right? But nobody knows me for this yet. But if you, you know, been taking the steps, start telling your story, begin putting things out there, you can become the person that this is all they know you for. And it's funny you mentioned Myron, right? Like people know him for one thing now, but that's not what they knew him for just a few years ago. But by just constantly being focused on it, it's the same thing with you. Um, there's something out. You mentioned the fierce urgency of now, Joe. When we first talked, in between even our talk and you talking with Myron, um, that's Myron Edmonds. For those who don't know who that is, Dr. Myron Edmonds. You were not thinking about starting Financial Legacy Academy when you started it. You were thinking at least a year after that, right? What what made that shift to no, not that later now? Yeah, honestly, it was. It was the fear of the unknown. It was a pandemic time. And I was just like, man, I just, I didn't believe it. It was just a lot of work. To your point, there's always that temptation. Like, I'm good. Kimo, I don't need FLA. Like, mm-hmm. like, like we live in all right. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I already know what it took. Um, and I'll get to it. And I think a lot of time my attention was focused on the foundation. Myron was like, yo, people are hurting now, bro. Like people are hurting now. Like you need to do something now. Mm-hmm. I think when I connected with you, I was just so confident in your ability to help me take this ministry out. And here's the kicker. It wasn't until I started doing it to the point where I had to teach it that the fo- the little candle that was lit in me turned into an unstoppable force to the point where it came on now. All I do is sleep. Like I can't even sleep right. Like I only think about Wow. How can I help my people build a financial legacy they can be proud of? Like that—that that is my and like like if I can create a generation, Kimon, and I want to I want to speak this into existence now. If I can just touch a one percent of African Americans and help them become millionaires operating in purpose to That's experience it. the same thing I'm doing, to be able oh. to say I'm taking sixty kids to Africa, to be able to say I want to offer a thousand scholarship. If I could help people do that man man that's life. like we, we, like we can change the world that's right that's we, right we can, as a that's as it. a people we can get back to what god originally had us as a people winning glow at a global scale that desire 
does not happen until I turn the thing that God has given me into ministry. Like, like, like that, like it doesn't happen. And I'm, and here's the, here's the crazy part. I have never felt more fulfilled. Come on. I born in the church, fourth generation Adventist, been an elder. I've done a whole bunch of stuff, but I've never been more inspired by God's work until I started operating in this ministry. Like there's, Bro, there's no board meeting. I don't, there's no bureaucracy. I don't have to prove. I don't have to sell why God called me to do this. I just go out there and do God's work. This is church. That, that's why I told you. Yeah. Yeah. Church. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. By the way, that's the title of my book. Um, but you are showing that ministry comes from your story. Yeah. Ministry comes from what God is taking you through. And in that ministry, now you put it back out into the world. You put it together. You package it. And people are now paying you for it, and it's increasing your impact. Joe, we, we got to get out here, but tell people how they can get Financial Legacy Academy and tell them just a few reasons why they should sign up for this program. So talk to us about where we need to go and what we can get out get from it. Yeah, you, you literally can go to www.financiallegacyacademy.org to learn more about our program. It is literally my story in a nutshell, and I didn't do this by myself. Uh, I bought some of the brightest minds here to kind of make this possible. And we, we it's a nine uh, course or nine, nine course curriculum where we talk about debt. We talk about legacy, wealth protection. Me and my wife do a session on money and marriage. We talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about real estate. We talk about stock. We really look at the, what we call the four pillars of wealth, which it is was the debt, pillar. mm -hmm. debt, wealth protection, um, in intelligent ownership and purpose living. Like we, we, we unpack that because that's what I use to build my story. And look, man, I'm, this is my life now, man. I'm, I'm not stopping until I could touch. If I could even touch a million people in my life financially, it'll be wow. worth it for me. I, I'm not, I'm not dreaming small Kimo, no more. We, we, we don't have the luxury a small yeah. dream. We got to dream big. And so, yeah, to, to find me, like you go to that website, you can find me, the program. We try to make it as economic as possible. It's a minimal investment. But the information you get, I promise you, it's life changing. It changed my life. Uh, and, and I hope it could be a blessing to others as well. Yeah. Real quick, your website, like if you want people want to find you, follow you on Instagram, etc. Give us your Instagram handle. By the way, the website, I'm going to say it again financiallegacyacademy.org financiallegacyacademy.org it's two L's in the middle so you get to financial you spell out legacy as well I know somebody would would ask and those who are listening that's why I spelled it out and then give us your your socials where should, where should we follow you yeah so on Instagram it's J J my last name M so J N Y A M W A N G E M is my social um, my personal social, we also have my business social, the Mwangi Investments, but that my personal social can point you to all the directions right. that you need to um, as a resource. So you can find me there. I'm very active. I'm on it. I post frequently about financial literacy matters. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, just really, really excited to do the work. Dude, man, I'm thankful that you're on here today. Listen, my wife and I, we've gone through Financial Legacy Academy. Uh, it has been a blessing to us. And Joe continues to help us to grow in our financial acumen. And just not just knowledge. All right. So a lot of knowledge out there. But you guide us step by step in a way that works for, as you said, people of color, people like us 
with some of our issues. So if you're interested, um, you're getting the endorsement from me, you're getting endorsement from this podcast, go to financiallegacyacademy.org, sign up. And beyond that, I want to just say one more thing. Joe has helped us to understand ministry in a different way. Like you use that term, this is church. When you operate in the purpose and the calling God has for you, you'll be more fulfilled than you ever can be. And you'll be able to impact people while increasing your income. That's what you need to go do today. Thank you for listening to the Monetize Your Ministry podcast with Kamon Hines. For more information, visit our website at www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. That's www.monetizeyourministrypodcast.com. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with someone who needs it. Let's increase our income and impact.